Boston sports history, maybe up there with Manny Ramirez. Up for wait, who else wore twenty four for the Bruins? Um, twenty four for the Bruins. Well, there had to be some after him, but I'm not entirely sure. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me, uh, check this real quick. Number twenty four for the Bruins. Hello, my computer's not working. There we go. Also worn by Don Cherry in 1955. Oh, Eddie Shore? No, he wore number two. What the hell is this yeah. thing talking about? I mean, the only the only other relevant one there is, yeah, uh, Terry Don O'Reilly. Cherry. Don Cherry. Wait, yeah. is 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 24 retired? Yeah, yeah, 24 is retired. Uh, well, then on my head, I was like, I feel like somebody recent has worn 24. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> I, like, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was his name? JFK, Jacob Forrest, Baca Carlson. He, I always think Adam McQuaid wore 24, but it was 54. Mm. It's just such a such a ridiculous number. Who who walks into the into the equipment manager's room and says, yeah, let me get 54. Who the 54? hell does that? I, I thought you were going to say 24. I feel like 24 is a weird number for hockey. Yeah, but like there's been legends in other sports who have worn 24. Who mm. the hell has worn 54 in any other sport other than like a middle linebacker somewhere in football? That's what makes Adam McQuaid the greatest 54 to ever live. Damn straight, baby. Damn straight. <laughs> but hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, episode 24, as always, brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Uh, we've got three games to recap this episode. We've got the entire West Coast road trip. We got the LA game, the San Jose game, and the Anaheim game. Tonight, about an hour ahead of the time we're at right now is the Seattle Kraken game. What a way to word that sentence. Yeah, oh boy. Follow, follow along. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we got the Seattle Kraken tonight. Uh, uh, actually, number the number one team in the NHL at five on five goals, uh, the Bruins at plus 40. And the number two team in the NHL is the Seattle Kraken at plus 35. Really? So we got a, yeah, we got a little I bit of a strength that. matchup tonight. But they're, um, they're sneaky good out there. They're sneaky good, dude. But before we jump into any hockey talk, Nick, how was your weekend? What have you been up to? <clears throat> My weekend was good. Um, I went to um, EMS. Listen, if you have an Eastern Mountain Sports store around you, sprint full speed to the front doors because they have a 40% off sale right now. And I got myself hey. some jackets. I got a uh, extremely comfy winter jacket because I needed a new one. Um, actually I, I got a really nice like Columbia winter jacket like four years ago, but 
um, it was like it was a kind of jacket where you could take the liner out and wear that as a separate jacket. So I took the liner out and I've been wearing that as a jacket and I have no idea where like the, the meat and bones of the rest of the jacket is. I have no idea where I put it. So I had to get a new one. <clears throat> so I went down to Eastern Mountain Sports and the jacket was 40% off. And then they had this other jacket that I it, it was such a steal. I couldn't walk out of there without it in my shopping bag. It was $150. Guess how much money I paid for it. 70 $47. It was Damn. 70% off. Bring your cheeks down to EMS, Eastern Mountain Sports, and take advantage of their 40% off sale. But that was my weekend. It was just spent enjoying that sale. What about you? How was, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend, I just went out to the bars and had a good old time with my friends. <laughs> so. There you go. What are you doing this weekend? Anything fun? This weekend, I've... Got work planned actually. I work Saturday and Sunday, so nothing oh. too fun planned out. But hey, wait. Um, what? Ask me. Ask me what I'm doing this weekend. What are you doing this weekend? I'm going snowboarding. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> That's all, all I'll right. say about it. You'll see videos of what I'm on on Tuesday. I was gonna say yeah, we'll see the vids. Um, yes. but hey, let's just jump straight into the hockey talk right now because we got we got plenty of DMs to get into later. Uh, we got a couple of voicemails that we can play. Um. And I'm um, excited to get to those. But first, let's talk about this L.A. game. So L.A., obviously, this is the first game that the Bruins played without Jake DeBrusque. Um, You know, plenty of um, reason to think that some offense might drop off a little bit or it might take a little bit to get used to without Jake DeBrusque in the lineup. Obviously, he's playing a prominent role there on the first line with Bergeron and Marshawn, but Pasternak slid right up there, as we all expected. And the perfection line was added again. Um, Pasta got two goals. Marshawn had a goal and an assist. And actually, Trent Frederick had two goals in this game. Trent, yeah. this is the Trent Frederick game. Dude. He bagged a couple of them, dude. He this he almost had a, a Gordie Howe hat trick in like back to back games. Yeah, He's beating beating faces in and putting pucks in the back of the net. And I will say too, he was actually throwing punches this time. The yeah. the fight that he had, like oh god, I don't remember who it was. It was like three weeks ago, like the first yeah. fight he had of the season. He was like throwing some muffins i don't think he wanted to hurt his hand and it was funny because i was talking about it when i was i think i was watching the game with my dad we were talking about the fight and i actually paused it. i was like look at this guy throw punches and like <laughs> trent frederick had the guy and he was just kind of like because like especially now in the nhl unless your grandfather didn't everybody has to wear a visor yeah. <laughs> so like i wouldn't want to punch that with my hand are you shitting me like i don't blame him for not wanting to punch some of these guys in the face although some of them are real assholes they really deserve it but trent frederick dropped the gloves and he was pummeling this guy but like the guy was kind of turtling. So when he was landing punches on the side of his head, it was like Trent Frederick's like wrist was just like hitting his ear. And he would just kind of like <laughs> give him like like little little soft punches. But not this time. Not that fight he had the other night. Holy shit. Do you remember the Alex Semen quote unquote fight when he got his his like his top stripped off and he's like slapping the guy on the ice? <laughs> no. Remember that? Oh my no. god. Do yourself a favor, either right now or or after the pod. Anybody listening, if you haven't seen it, just look up Alex Simon's slap, and it's, it, it potentially could be one of the funniest things you've ever seen. It's <laughs> one of the it, it makes me laugh every time, and even the announcers are laughing too. I think he said like, um, I think one of the announcers was quoted saying like, "I'm gonna slap you, silly," or something like that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous hockey fight I'd ever seen, but um. Yeah, Jeremy Swayman started that game as well against LA, and he ended up getting the win. Uh, he made 27 saves on 29 shots, 
And he's been looking a little more comfortable in there. He's he's sticking with the winter classic pads, which I'm really digging. Yeah. I'm dig I'm digging. I noticed that, that too. I yeah. like him. They look good. Yeah. He's been playing well in them, so I don't blame him. He played well against the Ducks too. I think he gave 28 saves and 29 shots or whatever it was. Yeah, but listen, exactly. if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's been playing well since he switched pads. Maybe that's what this whole thing has been about. Is is Olmark still wearing his uh, his throwback pads that he was wearing it for the Winter Classic as well? Nope. He's oh. he's back to the OGs. And I want to make a point about that too, about those pads, because I know last episode we were talking about the pads, about Allmark's pads specifically, because I wasn't sure where the whole design element came from. And I believe you said that there was something with the numbers and the stars yeah. had some sort of significance. Well, shout out friend of the pod, Ethan Moriarty at emoriartywx on Twitter, texted me a picture of Byron Defoe's setup, and it's the exact same, black with the. You can see the little white at the bottom, like Olmark's Yo. pads. So it's a little, a little callback to Bruins great Byron Defoe. But I like his pads too. But they're getting some good goalie play, especially this this West Coast road trip. I mean, this is a I mean three three games, three wins, uh, playing on the opposite time zone again. My coral with California. There's more, <laughs> there's 49 other states, and not all of them are in the same time zone as you. Let's have some some normally scheduled games so we can enjoy them out here as well but <clears throat> nothing to complain about from me game wise <clears throat> i think um i think for eastern conference teams on a west coast road trip the latest that those games should start on eastern standard time is nine i don't care no you know what they should do they should because i'm sure i'm sure people out west complain about when when they come out east like i'm sure they're like oh man like i'm you know, it's four o'clock and I'm still sitting at work and, and the Sharks are playing, you know, the Hurricanes or whoever it might be. So they should yeah. have like a common time, like like they start at the same time. So like when a team from out West comes to play the Bruins, for example, the game always starts at, we, we'll call it nine, right? Because that's late, but that's not too late. And that's early for West Coast, but not too early. And then when the Bruins go out, and they play games out west, it always starts at nine as well. So there's like a same time that the game always starts on for opposite coast. So it doesn't matter if you're on the east coast or the west coast, you're always gonna get an opposite coast game at the same time. Cause it's so stupid. It's when, so dumb. And like, you know, like it's it's not uh, like a big deal for like adults, if you want to say. But I remember when I was a little <laughs> when I was a little kid and like the Bruins are on a West Coast road trip and I'm in bed by nine and the puck drop is in for another hour. I'm already I'm dreaming on the moon by the time that the puck drops. That's <laughs> that's so dude. unfair. You 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 wake up in the morning. They're still in the third period. <laughs> yeah, or even like imagine imagine like if you if, if they had like a matinee game and like you gotta wake up and, and get ready to go because the Bruins have a game at eleven a.m. Like that would be kind yeah. of weird. It would, would be weird. That. Yeah, I think that they should find there. You know, there's a lot of changes that the NHL should make. I remember what Zach said in one of our earlier episodes. A great idea, and I think it was a tweet that he found. So they should do like they uh, the original six weekend when it's just yes. like a whole weekend devoted to original six matchups like Bruins and Maple Leafs and Blackhawks and Rangers and Red Wings and Toronto. I think you already, that, no, you already, you already said Toronto. Oh, Red Wings. And who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Canadians. Didn't I say Canadians? No, you know, I don't anyway, know. I, I, I lost my train of thought. Those six <laughs> teams just have a whole weekend. They could do that. And another thing the NHL could do is they could fix those opposite time zone games and have, all those games start at the same time every time. Yeah. Or or just maybe go out west and east once a year so that you're not doing this for 
a, a solid chunk of the season. I don't yeah. care. I don't care about playing the West Con- Western. Con- what? Oh my God, Western Conference teams. I would be fine with seeing them one time a year. I don't care. Yeah. I the only games that matter in the regular season are teams against well. The only real meaningful games are the ones against teams in your conference in your division. The ones out west are just like little like fun games. You know. Honestly, I would love if they increase the amount of division games that they have. I mean, I feel like it's easier to say that as a as a fan of a team in the Eastern Conference because like the Metropolitan, like I want to see as many games they play against each other as possible because they all hate each other. Penguins, Caps, Flyers, they all hate each other. Devils, Rangers. Devil, yeah, obviously the Atlantic Division. I mean, all of the wagons we have over here. I mean, the Florida Panthers are supposed to be good. The Lightning, Bruins, Maple Leafs, Canadians suck, but they're still the Canadians. Yeah. It's actually, mean, dude, it's funny you say that because the only team in our division without like a real rivalry, and they're such the little brother of this division, the Ottawa Senators. Who the, yeah, who, no, who, I know. Who gives a shit about the Ottawa <laughs> dude, Senators? Nobody's cared about the Ottawa Senators since they had Daniel Alfredson. Ever. No, no I, I wouldn't even say back then. Like they were a little <laughs> cool. But like, even back then, it's like really All right, maybe when they guy? had when they had Jason Spezza, they were kind of cool. But other than that, they've they've literally never like. Have, have they won a cup? The Senators. No. I don't oh think so. Oh my god! Hang on, they're I gotta the, look that dude, up. Dude, they're the least respectable Canadian hockey team of all time. Like, I honestly forget they're there. They're 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 just the, they're the Canadian Washington Capitals and how they brand their team. Yeah, and dude, they're not even good. Cares. No, they're not even good. Their jerseys are cool. I'll give them that. Some of their jerseys are pretty cool. Really, but. I don't actually. I like their new jerseys. I like how they went back to kind of the the classic logo yes. this year. Yes, but I think yes. that they've. They've kind of missed the mark recently, but uh, oh, let's see. Known as the Ottawa Hockey Club, the team won the Stanley ah. Cup in 1903-04-05-06, and as the Ottawa Silver Seven won in 1909, 1910, 1911, 1920, 21, 23, and 27 as the Ottawa Senators. So, uh, uh, my grandfather, who would be 91 years old. Uh, was never alive when the Ottawa Senators won a Stanley <laughs> Cup. So in my eyes, they've never won. <laughs> no, they have never won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Ever. They're the most they're the most unrespectable hockey team on the face of this earth. I you respect know, the Anaheim Ducks more than I respect the, the Senators. At least the Ducks have a cup. There's honestly two teams that I always forget exist. It's the Ottawa Senators and it's the Calgary Flames. I really? forget about the yeah, I forget about the well because we never the Bruins never ever play the Calgary Flames. They've literally never been good. They had Jerome Ginla and like <laughs> you only saw you only heard the Calgary Flames like when when he would. Like, the only time you would ever see their team's name was when Jerome Ginla would score some stupid ass goal and he would be on the ESPN top ten. Other than that, you would never hear about the Calgary Flames. What, what about Mika, Mika Kippersoff? Mika Kippersoff was nice. Yeah. And they won, yeah, that Stanley, yeah. won that Stanley Cup a long, long time ago. But yeah, that was still. back when like Lanny McDonald. Like, yeah, I it. only I remember the Calgary Flames because of the Minuteman Flames. We had their jerseys. So mm, mm. other than that, like, yeah, I, I put I them mean, in the same bracket as Ottawa in terms of irrelevancy. Although Calgary is a fun team now. I'll give them that. They're a fun team to watch now. And they get they get really loud, too, in that stadium. In the Saddle yeah, Dome. Yeah, the Saddle Dome. Yeah. They get jumping. But, the Minuteman Flames could basically be their AHL team if they really wanted oh, to, to do that. most definitely. And the Minuteman <laughs> Flames had better jerseys than the Calgary Flames did. And the Minuteman <laughs> yeah, Flames jerseys were based off the Calgary Flames. I will say the Minute, the, not the Minuteman, uh, the Calgary Flames jersey, the one with the, uh, the, the, obviously the C in the middle, but it's outlined in, in yellow. I think that jersey is so sick. Instead of it outlined in black, I, the yellow one. 
Yeah, I feel like we need more creativities on creativity, yeah, honestly, around the league in terms of jerseys. And it's and it's it kind of pisses me off because some of these uh, like pregame jerseys they wear are like the mm-hmm. most unbelievable jerseys I've ever seen in my entire life. And then they take them off the locker room and put back on their regular jerseys. It's like, ah, oh, man, like I wish you like when the Bruins wore the, the hockey fight cancer jerseys with the purple trim. I think those look so cool. And I understand like the the complexity of trying to wear that during a regular NHL game because of all the branding and everything else that goes into it. But like those yeah. are amazing. And like um, I think it's the Columbus Blue Jackets have some of the coolest camo yes. uniforms they wear for yes. like military appreciation and stuff. And if they wore those, first of all, the other team wouldn't be able to see them. They'd just be a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of legs and pants and a helmet. But like <laughs> a, and, and the Maple Leafs, I just saw it on Twitter the other day. The Maple Leafs were wearing yeah uh, a jersey. It was like it was like, it was like a, was it like a native American or like yes. a tribal appreciation thing? And like the maple leaf had like tribal art in it, but it was like a turquoisey, like aquamarine blue. Yeah. So cool. And if you can do that for practice jerseys, you can't like, you can't just pump out a cool jersey to wear like every now and then it pisses Dude, me off. I'm not going to lie to you. If, if they kept that logo, cause I think they only designed the logo and they just slapped on, on, on a blue sweater. Yeah. If they did a whole Jersey like that, I mean, goddamn! Toronto has some of the most boring jerseys in the league. All it is is a blue jersey with some white mixed in and a leaf. Yeah, in the middle. yeah. Like, Trees aren't even blue or white. What do you do? No, they're not. There's this, this is Actually, why they can't win. Sorry, they can't, birch trees are white, but still, they're not blue. <laughs> this is why they can't win. You they know who would change cool. anything up in the their van- entire team history? Change it I up. Maybe you- you'll see some success. <laughs> can get rid of the milk patch while you're at it. Yeah, I bet you. God. I bet you the Vancouver Canucks would get some really cool jerseys because, like, you know, like yes. Canucks, like the tribal stuff. Even their logo. Like, I hate the Canucks, but their logo is kind of cool. Uh, you know what logo that I liked? That is kind of simple, but it's cool at the same time. It was that one in 2011. I think it was in their on their alternate jersey. It was like the rectangle, but it had a stick coming through the middle. Oh the yeah, 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 yeah. See, I, that would be a good like shoulder patch almost. Like keep yeah. that in, in I there. Thought, like, I think they had it on their shoulder patch, but I don't know if they do. Yeah, they might. They might. Now they uh-huh. have they, they well they have like their retro jersey this year is the Canuck guy with the stick. Well, he's kind of stick. I yeah. love that. That's cool. I wish that some of these teams and it's, I don't know if it's a team's fault or if it's the league's fault, but I wish they would do a better job of like, like acknowledging their like history. Cause yes. like some of these teams have like the coolest logos. Like some of those, like I know the coyotes haven't been around forever, but some of their classic jerseys are so freaking cool. Yeah. And like, I know honestly who I think does a really good job is the Carolina hurricanes when they, they the go jersey. all out and they wear the full Hartford whalers jerseys. And it's yeah. like, the cool, like uh, I remember, uh, I saw Dougie Hamilton hard for Wheeler's jersey, and I was like, "Holy shit, I need one!" <laughs> like, that, <laughs> that is so cool, and I wish that they would do a better job of that. But um, yeah, but like they, they did a good job this year with some of these retro jerseys. Like Florida has a good one, that like baby blue one. Um, yeah. The worst one that I've seen is probably Chicago. Terrible. Yeah, there's socks. Like and talk about a team with like usually top tier jerseys in the league how do you come out with that yeah and like it's made and with like, like a sketch art yeah it looks literally horrible. it was literally and, made on an etch a sketch and especially like the chicago blackhawks have one of if not the coolest logo in all yes. of sports so cool that the winter hawks from the chl was like <laughs> ours now they just took yeah it. but <laughs> like i really thought they were gonna like pull something out of their bag there and be a cool jersey but it it's like it almost it looks like a referee's jersey if it was it just red it's disgusting. Um, 
And I still hate those Dallas jerseys that they wear that you love. The black like ones those. where it's all like neon green. Ugh, I hate those. <laughs> but we can transition over to the uh, the Sharks game. So another another night, another Bruins win. What do you know? Um, Bruins win. <laughs> Bruins win four to two. Uh, Pasta with two. Uh, Pasta had two goals. Marshawn had three points. He had a goal and two assists. Um, Bergeron also had two assists. So that second game with the perfection line together, they were popping off. Um, a total of seven points between the three of them. Um, but Allmark was in net for this one. He got obviously the win. Stopped twenty eight to thirty. He's you know stepping right back into how he's been playing all season, just unbelievably. Um, and he's. He's, I mean, you saw the, the graphic or the NHL poll, NHL.com poll that has Hellebuck right now, a couple points over Allmark for the Vesna. Which is, is that crazy. the one you tweeted? Wait, wait, is that the one that you tweeted that I replied to? Not the not the goals above expected. Not not oh, that yeah. one. Hang it on, was let me go the look. actual vote. Oh, you're right. I did see that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really understand that either. Especially Crazy part about it. <laughs> the crazy part about it is that the only reason the Hellebuck is above Allmark right now is because um Allmark uh, I'm sorry, Hellebuck has more second place votes than Allmark. So that means some voters are putting well, Allmark third or fourth. And that that's the, like how do, if you don't have him yes, yeah, because they're so vote they're, Allmark has more first place votes than Hellebuck, but Hellebuck is is ranked higher than him. Yes, because Hellebuck has more second place votes. That's th- the rest of the argument should be irrelevant. It should be whoever has the most first place votes is first place, and then Thank from you. there they can do what they want. But that makes no sense. So right. like, like if you, oh my, that is, is it, that is really you just system. pissed me off. Yes, like, Linus Omar could have like twenty first place votes, and then I don't know six third place votes. But if Connor Hellebuck has one first place vote in. 25 second place votes he wins the vesna mm-hmm. stupid that doesn't make so any stupid. sense no it and doesn't know, make sense and i know um in 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 your tweet too because uh what was it gsax something i wasn't i didn't really know what it was until i was yeah. very rudely educated about it on twitter a couple months ago <laughs> <laughs> and um it was um and it's it's like basically like the deciding factor. The way it was explained to me is the deciding factor in, in who wins the Vesna. It takes in, um, it's what goals goals scored. A, 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 ah, shit. I don't know. I'm gonna butcher it. I gotta it's, go. Look I'm it pretty up. sure it's goals. It's an, it's an analytical stat that oh. takes everything into account, especially it, it weighs heavily on the shot location. So like if you look at save percentage, it's just the cut and dry amount of saves you have compared to the amount that you let in. But like GSAX is like, well, like, you know, if you have a shot that was from like five feet away from you, well, that will be harder to save than a shot from 20 feet away from you. You know what? I hate advanced analytics. Me too. I can't even say the word. I don't understand them. And you know what I don't understand? And it really pisses me off when people tweet them on my timeline and I see everybody replying to it because everybody else knows what they're talking about except for me. Those stupid color graphs with the blue and the red squares. What the hell does that mean? And I'm convinced that nobody knows what it means and we all just act like we do. That's the thing. What does it mean? Nobody knows. You ask any random person what – you show them that graph and you're like, tell me what this says. 
No, they're not going to be able to. Like I saw when the other day, it was like, wow, like Jack Hughes is having a tremendous season. And it was like the number 96 in a blue box. No idea what that means. And then it was like a pair of nunchucks that it looked Mm. like. And it was like on a line and that was blue too. And then there was like a little red thing. I was like, wow, this guy must suck. Like one red thing and everything's blue. And I replied and I was like, like what? Somebody help me. What does this mean? (laughs) And somebody was like, uh, blue, good, red, bad. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So, so, Okay. That doesn't yeah, tell so, me much, but like, so I guess nobody knows what it means. Yeah. So I was like, what is going on? And I'm fully convinced. And I know you people listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't know what that means. Damn it. I see your replies too. None of us know what it means. And I'm reading the replies to see what people are saying. And everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, that's, uh, uh, you know, 96, it's really high. <laughs> like nobody, <laughs> like, really nobody's high. giving like any insight into what it means. I'm so it's confused. Been, Just go back to normal. <laughs> like it makes no sense you're thinking too much do the eye test does this guy look good he looks good he must be pretty good guess what does he have does he have like i don't know like more than a point per game damn that seems pretty good to me how's this plus minus is he is he a, is he a plus player or is he a minus player oh he's plus oh damn seems like such a good guy to me <laughs> like with the basics is it it actually like kind of pisses me off as you can tell like why are we diving so deep into like i don't know think of any craig smith just to throw his name out there i bet he has a lot of red but guess what put him on the ice he's fine i don't know he's (laughs) fine dude it's it's so annoying it is the most infuriating thing and and i guess goals uh, goals against above expected however you say it makes sense and and, because you're because you're measuring how many goals you know, at this point of the season that you expected Linus Allmark, Linus Allmark to give up. And he's, I don't know, I think 13 or 14 above that or below that. Sorry. So, okay. I understand that one. So that one makes sense. But when you start getting into like Evo plus percentage and like yeah. all this weird now stuff, you're just, now you're just making shit up. No, you're, you're just making me. shit up at that point. And I, I, I swear to God, if, if Connor Hellebuck wins I, the Vesna, Listen, if Connor Hellebuck wins the Vesna over Linus Allmark and somebody's rationale as to why he won is by <laughs> tweeting a graph with a bunch of blue and red boxes, I am punching them in the face. Because he has, I mean, Linus Allmark has more wins. Uh, I don't know if he has more shutouts. I don't know if it's top of my head. More wins, lower uh, goals against average, higher save percentage. Uh, he even has a higher GSAX, which is what I tweeted back at you, which I knew what it meant for the five minutes that I was Googling it in response <laughs> to you. And and those are like the hallmark stats of who wins the Vezina and who doesn't. And I understand, you know, I know like the argument very obviously is that Linus Olmark is playing behind the best team in hockey. He has a really good defensive core and Connor Hellebuck doesn't, but like, tough shit like that's not lena do you want lena somark to just start letting goals in then to make it fair like he, what do you want him to do he stopped pucks at an alarming rate and like he deserves to be the best though guess what linus olmark only has two shutouts linus linus shit linus olmark has two shutouts on the season which makes what he's doing even more impressive that means he's literally only letting up like one or two goals a game yeah. consistently consistently kemper is the leader at 4 and then it's a four-way tie for second with three. And then um, in, uh, Hellebuck is in that. And then there you go. Samsonov, Allmark, Vanacek, Ranta, Vegmelka, Bennington, Thompson, Jones, like Ottinger, Georgiev. They all have two. It's, it's 
Allmark is doing this without inflated numbers from a shutout. He's he's literally letting out one or two goals a game. It's not it's nuts. Yeah. He should be the leader in the conversation for the Vesa. I don't care about your advanced analytical fucking stats. Okay. <laughs> Guess what? He's winning games. He's letting up two goals max a game, sometimes three. And and I, I don't care. I don't care about your analytics. Give me the numbers straightforward. Cause what I see is he leads the league in save percentage by a wide margin. Second place is uh, Sorokin. He's at 0.925. Hellebuck's at 0.924. Linus Ol- Linus Olmark is at 0.938. And then you go to goals against average. Um, there's nobody in the league that has a sub 2.0 goals against average except for Linus Olmark. And the second is Fred Philip Gustafson in Minnesota. He's got a 2.25 in 16 games played. Linus Olmark has played... Linus Allmark has played 26 games. He's played 26 games, and he's got a sub 2.0 goals against average. Uh, he's got 22 wins out of 26 games played. I, the argument for anybody else to have the Vesna over Linus Allmark at this point of the season should just have their hockey credentials ripped away. What are you talking about? This guy is insane. Yeah, suck it, nerds. Suck it, he should nerds. Be, he should be in the conversation for Hart. Honestly, yeah, he should be. This yeah, is a, honestly, a, he really should be. He really should be, and it's it's like ugh, his numbers are are absolutely disgusting, and you know a lot of people say that, um, or I guess you know one of the knocks on his game, especially comparing him to uh, Connor Hellebuck, is like, yeah, but look at the team that Linus Omark is playing behind. Look at the record; they're thirty-one, four and four. Why the hell do you think they got 31 wins, you dingaling? He started 26 games. You just read all those numbers off. I mean, he's doing a hell of a job in net. And, like, he's he should be the Vesna. I mean, it's, Dude, not, it's not rocket science. Dude, he – just listen. He's 22-1-1. One, and one. He's, he's lost one game in regulation this season. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. Are that you kidding is, me? That's actually crazy. Oh, by the way, the Bruins, I just random fact here for you. Bruins still haven't lost a regulation at home. They're 19-0-3 at home. Still, we're into 2023. That's that's still did you see fact. did you see this tweet today? Uh Steve Dangle Glenn, hockey YouTuber, Sportsnet Vids, big Maple Leafs fan, known Bruins hater, despite having, I believe he has Olmark and Swayman on his fantasy hockey team. He tweeted today. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is coming from a massive Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Boston is 32-4-4. and The 2001-2002 Red Wings went 51-17-10-4. Where did that extra number come from? Through 40 games. Hang on. This is a new sentence. I'm going to restart. Boston is 32-4-4. The 01-02 Red Wings went 51-17-10-4. I still don't know where those extra numbers come from, but whatever. Through 40 games, they won 27 games, lost 10 times, two of which were in overtime, and had three ties. Detroit's top seven scorers from that season are all in the Hall of Fame, plus their starting goalie, and they also had Datsyuk, and this year's Bruins roster is better. They are, dude. That's crazy. That Red Wings team was 27-10. and 10. They had seven Hall of Famers, not even including Datsyuk, and this Bruins team in that same sample size is 32-4-4. Dude, I think that just kind of goes to speak volumes as to how like what this team is doing right now is monumental. It's historic, it's damn it. 
It is. We uh, might be witnessing the greatest season in NHL history, and that's well, not even stre- that's not even stretching the truth. Like we legitimately might be witnessing the greatest season that any NHL team has ever had. They're on pace for the most wins and points in a single season in NHL history. Oh. And it's not even like this is a tiny sample size anymore. They're coming up on the halfway point of the year. They right. have four losses. Yeah. Like this is, <laughs> the, uh, oh, I mean, you could say, oh yeah, they're an injury or two away from this whole thing falling apart where they had an injury or two to start the year. Didn't matter. They just lost, lost Jake DeBrus, their top line winger, just won all three games in freaking California. So why don't you put that in your pipe and smoke it, bud? They're yeah, a damn bitch. good hockey team. But the only <laughs> thing though, is that everything, that, <laughs> everything that they're doing right now, <laughs> man, it means nothing if they don't win the Stanley cup. True. I will say the Bruins record against divisional opponents, they're six, three and one. So it's not a guarantee that you're going to have an easy path in the playoffs. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to have to play one or two divisional teams in, in the, you know, in the stretch of playoffs. And that's going to be a big part at the end of the season. You want to really, really dominate these divisional games. You have to, if you really want to put your foot down on their throats and you want to stomp out their breaths, you, you beat them down when you have the chance to, and you prove that you're that team and you're the team that the, not only the Atlantic division is going to have to run through, but the entire Eastern conference is going to have to run through. And you, they're that right now, but you have to solidify that spot as you continue the season. Yeah, and especially too that, I mean they're playing in the best division in hockey. I'm trying to look at the rest of the divisions division record because I want to see how these other teams are doing in the Atlantic. Because again, it's the toughest division in hockey, but I can't find it anywhere. Well, if we look at say Toronto for example, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs are, um, hmm, I can't find that either. Oh, oh, hang on. I found it. Oh, hang on. My ad blocker. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right. Uh, divisional winning percentage. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Oh, wait. Never mind. It's it's the division projected winner. I was going to say these numbers are asinine. The Bruins were at 75% and the next highest was Toronto at 23. I was like, damn, everybody's losing in the division, but it's not. I'm just an idiot. Hmm. Well, we can try to find it, and then if we find it, we can bring it up. But in the in the meantime, um, we have the Anaheim game, or no, not the. Oh yes, the Anaheim game. The Bruins beat the Ducks seven to one. Uh, they absolutely throttled the Ducks. Um, yeah. Uh, no, again, a huge game for Pasternak. Uh, he had four points. He had a three goal. He had a hat trick and one assist. Krejci had a goal and two assists. Zaka had a two assists himself too. So everybody was really getting on the board. And Vakanainen was a minus two. Vakanainen was a minus two. Suck it. Thanks for giving <laughs> us Lindholm. We won that trade. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lindholm had a goal that game too. Uh, yeah, he but- did. Either way, Swayman was in net for that one. He made 28 saves of 29. Trent, Trent Frederick and Trevor... Or was it Trent Frederick? Trevor Zegers was starting shit with everybody. You yeah, see, dude. He's a he bitch. scored a goal. Yeah, you know what? That's what it was. He scored a goal, and then he and then he mouthed off to Frederick. I think he called him a bitch, and then Marshawn just went right after him. He's been added like, to the bitch list. It's him. It's uh, Tristan Jari. And it was one other person who's slipping my mind. And that's how much of a bitch he is. I didn't even... I didn't even opt to use space in my cranium to remember his name. That's how much of a bitch he is. 
Trevor Zegers is starting to piss me off, actually. Like, yeah, he even... was. He was mouthing. And, like, it's, you know, it's one thing to, like, talk shit. And, like, I'm not saying what he did is wrong. I'm just saying, like, look yourself in the mirror. You look like a clown when you're losing oh. and you score a goal and then you go bark at the other team's. You lost seven to one. Dude, not only that, how are, how are you how are you talking shit when you're literally one of the trash bags of the yeah. league and, and, he was, and you're playing the 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 the, the powerhouse of the NHL? You really yeah. talk to that his, team? His listen, he was talking shit to Brad Marchand, who's a Stanley Cup champion, multi-time All Star. He's got a hundred point season. He he could be a Hall of Famer if he keeps performing the way he's performing. Trevor Zegers' only claim to fame, other than being a one and done at BU, is that he was on the cover of NHL 23 with Sarah Nurse, and that's it. And guess and what? We don't we don't play for NHL cover stars around here. We play for Stanley Cups. And you're on the Anaheim Ducks, and your team sucks. And by the way, this season Trevor Zegers, 42 games played, 31 points, minus 20. Go, yeah, I was gonna go, say, give me the, go give me the plus minus. Yeah, go home. They, Trevor. He, he's been out there for uh, for more goals than than the Ducks have wins. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Whatever, fucking Trey <laughs> overrated. But um, let's see here. Did you end up finding the uh, divisional records? Nah, no. I could not. But but I remember last episode we were talking about um, goal differential. Yep. And how close the Bruins were getting just while we're piling on the Ducks here. The Bruins are now a plus 68. The Ducks are minus 77. Oh, so my again, God. Oh, my God. They're expanding the gap 80. at how good they are at being bad. <laughs> Holy shit. That is so bad. That the goal differential so separates them by, uh, what is it, like 100 and something? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. I, I knew they were I knew they were bad. 111? Oh, that's my ridiculous. God. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Trevor Zegers is talking shit to this team. <laughs> what, what an idiot. Oh, my gosh. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Well, <laughs> we're, we're probably about halfway through this episode. So on that note, I want to remind everybody that this phenomenal show is brought to you in part from Canna Wellness. So it's time to talk about the amazing Canna Wellness company. Canna Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Canna Sleep, Canna Mend, Canna Fresh, and Canna Boost. That's four. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Canon Wellness Company to support high performance. Mel, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Canna Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out, when studying for an exam, and other times you need to increase clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canna Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Canna Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canna Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Canna Sleep is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid, and it's convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray it, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage and how much sleep you need. 
If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to CannaWellness.com. That is C-A-N-I-Wellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That is B-N-G-25 to get 25% off everything on the CannaWellness.com website. We thank Kenna Wallace for sponsoring this episode in our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Sully, back to you. Alrighty. Wait, before we, we get into questions, can I ask you a question? Yes. It's actually, I think it's a really good, it's a really good debate. And at first I thought it was really stupid. Um, hang on. I gotta go. I gotta find the original tweet. But, okay. Uh, here we go. Okay. This guy tweeted. Um, hang on. There's a lot of replies. We're gonna scroll right back up to the top. Okay, Drew Livingstone. <laughs> he, he's okay. at producer Drew. He's the executive producer for SDPN Sports. Nice. I think that's out in. Oh, it's in Toronto, Canada. Maybe it's. I don't know. He said Crosby is better than Ovechkin, of course. But 50 years from now, I think Ovechkin will be held in higher regard, being the greatest goal scorer of all time. Do you agree? I think in 50 years, Crosby will just be another player on the list of greats. And it got me thinking. Originally, I tweeted back at him. I was like, "You're a f- congratulations. Put your red nose on, buddy, because you're a clown." <laughs> and because I was like, "Nobody's forgetting Sidney Crosby. Are you kidding me? He's the greatest player of our generation. He's one of the greatest players of all time." And I think he has a point, though, because like looking like 50 years from now, like when kids look up, like Ovechkin, if if he becomes the all-time leading scorer, he's always going to have that. And it's always going to be, oh, so-and-so's chasing Ovechkin, so-and-so's chasing this. Oh, uh, you know, Ovechkin and Crosby, I mean, Ovechkin and Gretzky will forever be linked because he's the one that Gretzky took the record from. But like Sidney Crosby, I mean, he's not anywhere on the on the all-time leaderboards. And like our generation, obviously, we recognize the talent that is Sidney Crosby. He right. is one of the greatest players in the history of the sport, but he's not the greatest at any single thing. And his name isn't next to any record like Ovechkin's is. And that's all the guy was saying. And, and like, I was reading replies from other people and they were like, well, honestly, like it, he makes a good point because 50 years from now, when your kid sits down or I guess grandkid or maybe great grandkid sits down and types, uh, you know, best hockey player ever or whatever. And like, obviously Ovechkin's name is going to pop up because he has the most goals ever. If that's, if he ends up getting there, he's certainly going to come close, but like Crosby's name wouldn't come up because he's not you know, he doesn't have the most goals ever, doesn't have the most assists ever, doesn't have the most, the highest plus minus ever. He's got a couple cups, well, so does a couple other people. He's got a couple gold medals, well, so does a couple other people. Not saying that Cross is better than Ovechkin, but like, I don't know. I just, it got me thinking. I thought it was very interesting. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I think OV is going to be remembered more than Crosby if, if he breaks the goal record. If he yeah. breaks the goal record, because then, then everybody's going to know that. Everyone's going to affiliate his name in his play with being the greatest goal scorer that the NHL has ever seen, which by the way, I agree with in, in the age of how skilled the goalies are now in, in his playing career um, in terms of how fast the game is now, I think he's already the greatest goal scorer, but if he breaks the record and his name is solidified at that number one spot, he's going to be remembered by let's say like non devoted hockey fans right if you're yeah. not the hardest the hardcore hockey hockey fan you're going to You'll always know, know the name yes you're always going to know Ovechkin's name more than Crosby now if you're a hardcore hockey fan like us and you follow the game and you've always followed the game closely you're you're just going to know that both of those guys 
are almost equal to each other. Yeah. Well, I think career wise, I believe Ovechkin has one more career point, literally one more point, but he's played a handful more games. Yeah. But Crosby is definitely he's he's I wouldn't say definitely, but Crosby is the better player. He's yes, better than Ovechkin. He has more accolades, everything. But Ovechkin has something that Crosby will never get. He will never touch. And that will be the all-time goals record. And I yeah. think if anything hurts Crosby, I don't think it's Ovechkin getting the goal record. But it's it's honestly, and I said it when, when I was replying to that guy, I think it's McDavid. Because McDavid's doing everything Crosby did, but better. Like he's yeah. a better goal scorer. He's a better playmaker. He's 25 years or 26 years old. And he's already eclipsed Sidney Crosby's career high in points like two or three times. Crosby had Malkin. He had Chris Letang. And I get, you know, obviously I'm not talking about accolades wise. I mean, you know, McDavid still has a long way to go, but like point wise and player wise, like, oh, like I feel like McDavid is already a better player right now than Sidney Crosby ever was. Really? I, think I do. I, I truly do. And Sidney Crosby's played on a better team his whole career. Uh, Connor McDavid, we just talked about this last episode. Connor McDavid had like 120 points in one year. And Sidney Crosby's career high was like 108 or something. And McDavid's only 25. He's getting better. He's on pace for 164 points this year. That would shatter anything Crosby's ever done. He's already won, I think, three hearts. He's 25 years old. Uh, now, the only thing that Crosby does have, which I will say on McDavid, is he's better defensively. McDavid's not great defensively. And I think Crosby was like, he was like fourth in Selkie voting just a couple years ago. But um, offensive wise, there's nobody like McDavid. No, I, that's what I was going to say. Offensively, McDavid is honestly, I would say like far and above Crosby. Um, but all around game, I would still say, I guess I would still say Crosby's better, but just because of how, um, how many points McDavid can amass during a season? It almost outweighs that defensive aspect. A little Crosby's bit. Oh. Crosby's. Hang on, I got this stupid ad block thing popping up again. Crosby's career high. He had 120 points when he was 19 years old, and oh. then, yeah, I know. And then uh, he, okay, Crosby had one, two, three, four, five, six 100 point seasons. His highest was 120 points. His second highest was 104. Connor McDavid has played eight years in the NHL, and he's had five 100-point seasons, not including this year. And his career high is 123 points. Uh, he's going to blow by that this year. He yeah, he's like going to absolutely shatter it. But um, I don't know. I think, you know, Crosby's a legend. He's like, if there was a Mount Rushmore of hockey, oh, man. Oh, he's up there. I think he would be like on deck. I don't know if I would put him on there, but he would be like, he'd be like the sixth guy, like the fifth or sixth guy yeah, for me at least. But uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Who, wait, who would be on your, on your Mount Rushmore hockey? Oh man. That's a good question. All time or, or in our All lifetime? All time. Oh, okay. Well, Gretzky. So what? There's four people on Mount Rushmore. Five? Did you how really many, just ask me that? How many, how many people are on Mount Rushmore? Is it four or five? There's seven. There's not seven. Yeah, there is. That's ridiculous. I think there's four. Yeah, there is four. I'll okay, all right. <laughs> um, okay, Gretzky for sure. Mario Lemieux, two. Um, Trent Frederick, three. <laughs> no. Um, Pavel Zaka. Gretzky, Lemieux, Bobby Orr. And 
Yeah. Oh. You got to have a goalie on there. No. Trying to think. I would honestly put Crosby there. I would. Golden goal, uh, obviously in 2010 with the Winter Olympics. I mean, how many cups does he have? Two or three? I think he has he three. three. Three, yeah. Three, three cups. Um, perennial all-star. Um, God, there's so many, and I'm sure I forgot a couple that people are going to yell at me for, but yeah. Yeah, there is. A, there is a, there, you missed an obvious name. You got to have... You got to have Wayne Gretzky, obviously. You got to have Bobby Orr. If you don't have the two of those on your Mount Rushmore, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. You have to have a goalie. I think that the greatest goalie ever is Dominic Hasek. Okay. But I'm putting Patrick Waugh on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Because of everything that he means to the game of hockey. Outside of playing wise. I mean, he won a Jack Adams award as a head coach of Colorado. I mean, he was the only goalie to tell Montreal, I'm not freaking playing for you anymore. Pulled himself out of the game. Guess what? They shipped his ass to the Colorado and then he just messed around and won a cup. Yeah. So I'm putting Patrick Waugh representing goalies and then you gotta have Gordy Howe. Okay. Yeah. That was the one I was thinking, but like, I don't know. His name is Mr. Hockey. Gordy Howe is also a Quinnipiac legend. He went to Quinnipiac. No, no, no. But he, oh. I think he donated money to help build the stadium. So they retired oh. his number and it's hanging like on the wall. I remember seeing that. I was like, no way. Gordy Howe right. Quinnipiac? And I Googled it and it was like, no. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but that would be my Mount Rushmore. All right. Well, That's a good question, though. But, but before you say that, if anybody else, if I want to hear other people's Mount Rushmore. So tweet at us. And let us know what your Mount Rushmore would be. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get a bunch of different answers. And that's a great thing. There's been so many players, so many impactful, legendary players in the game of hockey that um, we could get a thousand different Mount Rushmores. But I feel like every single one has to at least start with Gretzky and Orr. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have to. And if they don't, you're, you're so followed by Chris Wagner. Um, all right. So let's jump into some DM questions right here really quick. And then we'll go into the voicemails. Um, this one comes in from uh, fellow BNG. Writer, editor, goat, uh, Gail. You can follow her on Twitter at Lady Bruins fans. She asks, do, do, do. She said, other than maybe incentives, do you care if Bruins players make the all star roster? I have a hot take on this one, but I'll let you go first. I don't care at all because I think that the NHL all star game is the biggest joke as to how they do it. Every team gets a player and then you only get three extra players. That is so dumb. And that's why when you look at accolades, when you look at an NHL player's career, all-star games yep. mean absolutely nothing. nothing. Like, are you going to – like, Leon Dreisaitl, what's he – is he has he ever been an all-star before? I mean, he's uh, probably he the second best player in the sport, but he's teammates with McDavid. And I know that they have three other players get voted in, but, like, remember when Zemgis Gergensen's had the entire country of Latvia vote him into the all-star game? Remember, remember when John when, Scott yeah, got John voted into the all-star game? Do you think they deserved it? Like, who missed it because of that? And I think that's so yeah. dumb. Like the Bruins this year, Pasta should be an all-star. Uh, Linus Omar should be an all-star. Um, I mean, Bergeron would get the sympathy vote, but I think he could also deserve a spot on that team. Um, yep. You could Mac, uh, McAvoy, Lindholm. I mean, there's five players, three who could you could say two who are definitely all-stars, three who you said should, and I didn't even say Brad Marchand's name. But right. you're telling me only one of them gets to be an all-star? Yeah, and that's why I think it's dumb. I think it's it's entertaining to watch. I like how they do three on three and the whole skills thing. I think that's all good fun, but um, I wish they would change the way that um, the change the voting, change whoever way players get into the All Star game because it's a meaningless accolade. 
And I feel like if you're an all-star, you should be the best player at your sport. But you can't tell me that there's somebody on the Arizona Coyotes who's in the all-star game when uh, Hampus Lindholm or or David Posnock, whoever, I don't know who's representing the Bruins, didn't make it. Like, that is so stupid to me. And that's why I don't really care about it. Yeah, I'm basically kind of in the same mindset as you, except... I mean, would you rather have them play in the All-Star game or would you rather have them sit at home for a couple of days, rest up and, and, you know, reboot a little bit? I would rather have them at home, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. But like, I, I wish they would do it. Like how the NBA does the All-Star game is is fine. It's like you vote them in and then they do a fantasy draft. Like like you vote in players based on positions, so they do a front court, back court. So um, like point guards, shooting guards, or front court, so you can only vote for point guards and shooting guards, and then 10 of them get picked, and then you do the same thing, or whatever I just said, I meant to say back court. I don't know if I called them front court. And then front court will be small forwards, power forwards. They could do that in the NHL, where they could do forwards, defensemen, and they take, I don't know, the top 20 defensemen. No, that's probably too much. Top Top 16 defensemen. That's still too much. Top 12 defensemen in all of <laughs> NHL vote-wise. Yeah. And then they could take the top uh, 24 forwards around the NHL vote-wise. You get two teams. The top vote the top vote-getter. You could have the top vote-getting forward and then the top vote-getting defenseman. Those are your two captains. And then they just pick the players and they do a fantasy draft. Like that makes so much, that makes so much sense that honestly it makes sense why the NHL doesn't do it because they don't do anything right. No, like they don't. like why does why does every team need a need a representative? Why do the Arizona Coyotes care about the All Star game as much as the Toronto Maple Leafs do? No, if if the NHL was smart, they would probably hold the NHL All Star game at Mullet Arena so they could actually get some goddamn money in that place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Although no, I think that the NHL has made some some good changes recently. I think that their overtime, I love overtime now, how they do three on three. I love how they changed the all-star game to three on three. But I think that the voting system is so outdated. Not every team needs an all-star. Teams that suck don't deserve an all-star because they suck. Get better, you'll have an all-star. And I think that's how it should be. Agreed. So next question comes in from GoBees. His Twitter handle is at Boston Bruins, B-A-H-S-T-I-N Bruins. He asks... Question for the pod. First off, reverse retros, the new poos are unreal. But wouldn't you like to see the Bruins wear the gold ones again like they did back in the day, similar to how the Sabres brought back their black goat head jerseys? Don't you think the Bruins should do the same for the gold poos? I have been saying this for so long. He's talking about the old school um, spoked bee, the gold one, the one, the ones that they wore in like the 70s and the 80s. Um I'll try to pull up a picture for you for uh, of it right now for you, Mel, so you can see what I'm talking about. I'm I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about, anyways. But I have been saying that they should redo that jersey for a reverse retro since the reverse retros uh, came out. It would look so unbelievably good if they just touched it up a little bit. If they touched it up a little bit, made it oops, made it a little bit modern, right? Uh, can you see that, Mel? Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah, those look like, pretty cool. Those jerseys. I, I swear they would be such a hit. I would buy one. I would buy everybody's. Those are pretty cool. But I, 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 I love the Pooh Bear though, and I love it because oh, it's, it's it's so good. It's different. I mean, you can have so many spoked bee jerseys until you run out of bees to throw in a jersey. But they've only had one Pooh Bear jersey 
and they rebranded it and made it modern by throwing it on a white jersey. They updated the little mountains on the bottom and they gave them the devil white eyes. I mean, I think they look sick. I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think both jerseys are really cool, but I know that they wear what they wear these poo jerseys for one more year after this one. Maybe that'll be their next. Maybe that'll be their next reverse retro is that one. Now you what updates would you add to that to make it more modern though? I don't know. It's, it's such a clean Jersey as it is. Maybe. Uh, okay, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Just throw them back, <laughs> throw them back on the team. I don't care. What about so perfect? What about the Meth Bear logo? That's already on the shoulders. Oh, really? They could yeah. put it on the chest, though. Eh, I think the spoke bee is the best part about that jersey. I, I love those Bruins Winter Classic. I was just looking at past Bruins jerseys, and the Winter Classic jersey from this year came up, and it's just it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's, I the, I the can't the the they smash specialty jerseys. Oh, they definitely do. Yeah. I I like for a little bit there my least favorite jersey in probably all of sports was the their 2010 Winter Classic jersey. I thought I hated that B so much. The cartoonish and, one? Yeah. yeah. And like nothing has grown on me more since then. I yeah. kind of like it now. It's interesting. It's a twist. It's old and it's unique to the Bruins. It's not just like a, a serif fonts P that they slapped on their jersey, like the damn penguins. It's Pittsburgh. a cool, yeah, it's a cool, like little cursive, cursive B that they put on there. And I liked yeah. it. Um, we do have another question here from Melinda. Melinda. She said, she said, hi guys. She's also sent, okay. She said, hi guys. Silly question, but what is the purpose of Omar putting those powerful goalie smelling salts in front of Sway's nose before the game to keep Swayman awake during the game or just a little, a, a little silly brotherly love ritual, potent stuff. Inquiring minds want to know. Also, multi million dollar contracts does not make a championship. PS just found a sign. Oh, cool. She said there's a picture of, uh, it looks like a V out of Driftwood. Uh, v stands for tonight's victory. Go Bruins. All those right. smelling those smelling salts are some powerful stuff. Yeah, they are. Maybe the, I, maybe hang on. Maybe Omar should stop doing that to Swayman. Maybe that's yeah. throwing them off. <laughs> <laughs> Omar's in there. St- I mean, Swayman's in there still seeing stars. He's shaking yeah. his head. Those He's flying I, around the crease just posting. Yeah. <laughs> I remember playing when I was on the Flames, playing at the Sports Center. When man, I was probably nine or ten years old and we would practice after uh, a bunch of men did i don't know if it was a men's league game or an adult league or what but we would um step on the bench and they would always leave these little pink packets we didn't know what the hell they were and you would break them like a glow stick and i remember everybody was pat like what is this what like it, you know it doesn't do anything and then as soon as you get a whiff of that sweet nectar that's in that packet you can hear colors you can see sounds <laughs> it's like you can it's like you're a bat and you're like using sonic and you're just picking up the smallest little noise it's oh my god it like it, you can literally feel it through your entire body i don't know um what is it like pneumonia or something i don't know what the hell they put in that crap but oh my god it lights you up it wakes you up you could have that every morning instead of your cup of coffee and you'll be powered throughout the day i know a lot of athletes do that they're pretty big in football um i I don't remember who it was i think it might have been somebody in the oh damn it's gonna bother me it was somebody weird it was like some random hockey player like a phil kessel or somebody like that and there was a video of them on the bench and they had smelling salts and they were like rubbing in front of their nose and like their whole face they're like Oh, like you could like hear what they were thinking. Oh, they were like, oh, 
Oh, I think and then they went. About, um, Mitch Marner, right? I think it was I don't Mitch know, Marner. I don't remember, but then he went back and smelled it again. He was like, oh, oh! and he, he kept going back like three or four times, like he was an addict, just smelling this smell of salt. <laughs> and they zoomed in on his face, and he was like. <sighs> <laughs> like, like, fired up and like that's what smelling salts does it's, to you man it's it's legal cocaine is what it, it is. literally is i gotta look up what's in smelling salts i think it is ammonia but um yeah so then the next thank you melinda um it's ammonium carbonate and mm. oh yeah Oh, the good stuff. <laughs> um, this next question comes in from Jason Larade. You can follow him on Twitter at caper underscore J C A P E R underscore J A Y. He asks if pasta signs for over 11 million, do you think that they can afford guys like Zaka, Frederick Forbert, or do they, or do they become a luxury you can't afford? This was my point. You, you, you have to be careful with what you spend on pasta because there is a certain number that you just can't go over look at look at look at the oilers right now with mcdavid mcdavid and dry will carry that team outside of those two they have no depth they have no secondary scoring it's 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 a contract is only worth so much before it starts to hurt you in the long run you need did to you, make it work in the cap did you see the bruins cap space uh tweet a couple days ago I did not. They tweeted um, Bruins 2023 cap projection if Pasta signed for eight years and $88 million. So if Pasta signed, everybody's contract rolls over next year. Pasta's here. He's making 11 per next year. The Bruins will have just over $8 million in cap space. They will have Bergeron, Zaka, Nosik, Felino, Craig Smith, Krejci, Clifton, and Strawman as UFAs, and then Trent Frederick and Swayman as RFAs. Okay, you could though a lot of those guys that you just named though expendable. You can lose Smith. You can lose Strawman. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I forget. Okay, okay. Name. Well, then let's okay. Bergeron, right? If Bergeron's here next year, I figure he's signing for the minimum again. Yes. So w- w- what's his cap hit this year? Like a million bucks? I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's two. Okay, so let's let's call it two. So now you have six million dollars to play with. How much are you gonna give Zaka? Three. So that is now three million dollars to play with. Are you gonna let Nosek walk? Yes. Okay. And then you, let, you replace him with McLaughlin. Are you letting Felino walk? I would hate it, but yeah. Are you letting Craig Smith walk? Yes. Are you letting Krejci walk? I think Krejci would sign for a minimum too. All right, so now you got $1 million to play with. How much are you giving Connor Clifton? And that's where it gets tricky <laughs> because they have too many guys they got to sign well, and not enough money to hand out. And they well, still have Trent Frederick and Swayman as RFAs that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, you would need to... Uh, oh, Brandon Tanev just scored one nothing Kraken. Um, Damn it! Uh, um... Yeah, man. I don't know. Don Sweeney is going to have to pull some magic out of his ass. Uh, well, I mean, this would all be made easier if they could just get Riley off the books. Because if you look, if right, his three right. million dollars gone, boom, that's all you need. Because you can give Clifton some of that, and then uh, I don't know. It, maybe Felino wants to stick around for the minimum, or no sick or somebody. I don't know. Um, he could also retire. He's he's older too. But if 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 they got rid of Mike Riley, I mean, if they got rid of Forbert, they I would save him three mil. Grizzly yeah, would save him 3.68 mil. Oh, oh, that's tough. I, th- 
Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how restricted free agents go. Are you allowed to go over the the cap to sign them? You you can qualify them. So what RFA is, you can qualify them up until the season starts and work on a contract. If they're qualified, another team can offer them a contract, but you have the opportunity to match it. And if the other team signs them, depending on how much money they give them, you get uh, you get compensation. Compensation, right? Yeah. Depending so on like, how much money you spend. So say the Bruins. Uh, Swayman's an RFA. Say the Bruins uh, avoid that by giving them like two years, eight mil. So now that eight, four eight mil, mil, eight mil total. Okay, four mil a season. Eight okay, mil total. Okay. Yeah. So now that okay. four mil. I was say. No, no, no. So now <laughs> that, that four mil cuts into the Bruins cap, right? It doesn't. It doesn't qualify as some fairy something else somewhere else, so it doesn't go against the cap, so they can use that money. Because I know, like in the NBA, that's a thing where you have bird rights, and it's so weird. There's a hard cap. There's a soft cap. You can go over stuff to sign players. I don't know if it's the same as the NH in the NHL. I know. I know the NHL does not have a soft cap. They should have a soft cap, but they don't. Um. Wow, that's a tough situation. Yes, obviously, I mean, and as we options. as we all know too, I'm just really thinking. This about is it also now. including Fabian Lysel in the roster next year. So there's one less winger spot you gotta worry about. See, I mean, right that, right well, now, looking the way that this is laid out, uh, Felino and Nosik are your fourth liners. Krejci and Craig Smith are two extra forwards. So I mean, they still have Marchand, DeBrusque, are are Marchand for two years at six, DeBrusque one year four mil, Taylor Hall two at six, Pasta eight for eleven. Frederick is an RFA. Coyle, three years, just over five mil. Lysel, three years for 900K. AJ Greer, one year, 700K. And then that's all the forwards you have under contract. Mm. I mean, they're going to have to whip something up. I do trust the guys that we have in the system, though. Trust McLaughlin. Uh, I know AJ Greer is not playing every night here, but I trust AJ Greer to step up a little bit next season. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I mean, the guys in this in the system we have, Lysel, maybe Beecher makes an appearance next year. Who knows? Um, but I do trust that. Yeah. Um, really quickly, too. Question here from AB. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore AB08. He said, trade deadline ideas. Question mark. What do we think? I Stay still want to. I still want a defenseman. Yeah, I, th I think that's probably the best way to go too. Because we've talked about this before at length. Um, you, I don't I, personally. I don't think you go after a guy like Kane. I don't think you go after a guy like Taves. I think you make minor moves that can improve the depth on this team and maybe improve the bottom six. That's. I think that's what you really do, and, and also improve the defense core. I, gu yeah. I guess. I mean, who would you move out of the system though right now? Like, who? Who? What guy would Nobody. you take out? Nobody. I would. I. I wouldn't get like. I don't think they need like another top four defenseman. I need. I think they need like another like what Strawman was supposed to be. Like in case somebody goes down, in case somebody gets injured. I mean, you've already had, I mean, Derek Forbert missed a chunk of time. McAvoy missed a chunk of time. Carlo missed a chunk of time. Grizzly missed a chunk of time. Like you've had defensemen miss games and they've been able to weather the storm luckily, but like, like yeah. who knows going down the line? Like, who, like they're literally like one, like they could be one or two big injuries, to their defensive core way. And like, you know, I mean, they've, again, they've been able to weather the storm wonderfully, but if you have the opportunity to pick up some insurance at the trade deadline, you know, adding another seventh defenseman, another rotation guy. I think they should do it. I don't know. Again, I don't know who that is. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't take anybody off of this NHL roster except for like Strawman, who's not even here anymore. Uh, Mike yeah. Riley or Craig Smith to make it happen. 
Like right. I would strictly use like late picks or like whoever, like bottom of the barrel guys of Providence to just add somebody. But I don't know who that is, but I'm definitely not taking anything away from this team. If I'm doing anything, I'm just adding just a little bit of a little sprinkle of something on the top of the pot. Yeah. To push this team over the edge. I, think I, I don't. Th- yeah. I don't think you need to make a massive move. Don't overcomplicate things and don't jeopardize the little future that you do have right now in your in your prospect system. You you can't afford to lose a guy like Lysel. You can't afford to lose a guy like Lorai. You can't afford to lose any blue chip prospects that you have. You have to keep, hold on to that. You're you're coming to the end of the road here for what's been your core for almost 15 years now with Bergeron, Krejci, Marshawn, you know, that that core. It's it's the end isn't here, but it's very close. Um, so you can't afford to lose everything. But at the same time, you do have to go for the cup, which I think this team is honestly poised to do. It's just minor adjustments that you need to make uh, depth wise and and just secure a little insurance in case somebody does go down. You have that guy that you know you can plug in and, and rely on to play heavy minutes. Um, I think that's all we had for DMs. Nick, unless you got something else. Because um, then we can just jump into the voicemails if, if that was the last of the DMs. Um, I think that is the last of the DMs. But quickly, did you listen to the new Spit and Chicklets podcast? I did, actually. I listened to it today. Was it good? I, I want to listen to it. I think I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. Yeah. Jim Montgomery, like there was one, there were a couple parts. That, like, I wanted to play this one clip I played for my dad yesterday because it was freaking hilarious. I, it goes to show just who Jim Montgomery is. Did yeah. you hear his, his story about Bergeron in the bags? Yes. The f- funniest thing I've ever heard. And it's so refreshing to have a coach with personality right now. All right, listen to what he said. His ability to be uh, uh, being cognizant of how everybody around let me restart. He's talking about Patrice Bergeron here. I should have prefaced that. His ability mm-hmm. to be uh, uh, being cognizant of how everybody around him is doing, that takes a lot of energy from just not being able to prepare yourself to be great, which he is. And I've learned from him of how to be a better person, not only a better leader, but be a better person. That's how impactful he is. Did you get one of those Louis bags that I saw all the players get the other day? No, I haven't impacted him that way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Cause like, I mean, it, and it's, it's honestly, it's kind of cool. Cause like for years, like we've all seen it as Bruins fans, how amazing of not just a, a great player Bergeron is, but he's just like such a good dude. And it's so rare for a player to be universally respected like that around their league. And then you have a guy like Jim Montgomery come in, who's the head coach of the team and his first year comes in and he's sitting on, on the biggest hockey podcast in the world. And he's, he's telling everybody that Patrice Bergeron has made me a better person. Yeah. Oh my God. Like what? a like we've so privileged to have this guy as a captain of the Bruins and uh, that story with the bags just cracked me up. He's yeah, such a dude. funny guy. There were, oh, yeah, there you made a, a huge impact. Did he get you one of those bags? No, he has an imp- I haven't impacted him that way. <laughs> funny guy. Dude, there were a couple moments in that in his uh, interview that just kind of made me think, wow, this guy fits into the system so perfectly. He's a perfect coach. He's he's personable. He's funny. There were there were literally three or four times where he, he said something that genuinely like made me belly laugh. Like, oh, yeah. And that's, and that's such a good thing to have around the locker room from your yeah. from your coach. Like, that's your coach. Like, that's somebody you can approach and, and just be comfortable with. Yeah. The one thing that stuck out to me was his story about uh, Johnny Gaudreau. 
when he yeah. was getting, when he was getting weighed in at the at the combine or whatever and uh, he yeah he he like like stuffed his pants or his shirt or whatever with hockey pucks and when he because he i mean he's like five six 130 pounds yeah. and when he stepped up on the scale all the pucks rolled <laughs> pucks rolled out and bounced on the ground and the, and the guy taking the weight was like ah, i'll just put you down at 138 <laughs> yeah i gave him a couple extra pounds that's yeah. funny if you haven't listened to that you got to listen to it i myself haven't listened to it so i'm very excited to hear it tomorrow but we did get two voicemails we got one from mark and oh, yeah. one from ethan so the oh, first yeah. one is from mark Allred. let me find his at you can follow mark Allred on twitter at black and gold 277 this is his question let me play it hang on i always mess up the first time i try to play it and okay here it is What's up, Mike and Nick? This is Mark Allred from Black and Gold Productions. Uh, I got a question about Fabian Lysel, and I want to, you know, get your opinion on what he did during the World Juniors tournament. Obviously, mm-hmm. seven games without a point. Um, is there any freak out from you guys, and any like, uh, you know, down step in his uh, in his development? Because uh, there's a lot of fan freak out right now about that and saying he's a bust and blah, blah, blah. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. He did come back uh, to Providence uh, yesterday uh, in a two-to-one loss and, and got a point. So uh, he is getting points against men, and when he can't do it against uh, players his own age. But uh, like I said, I just want to get your thoughts and uh, continue uh, to do a great program on our network and, and have a great week. Take care. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Um, no, I am not. That didn't worry me at all. Um, it was a little weird that he didn't get a point. It was a little yeah. strange. It was he had weird. like 20-something penalty minutes, too. <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't help that he got tossed from that game from like yeah. butchering that guy. Dude, but he's a little feisty, too. I see a little Brad yeah. Marchand in his game. Um, yeah, he is. But no, I wasn't worried. Um, as long as he's still producing in Providence and he's working towards just bettering his game and and getting bigger and getting his strength up, then I think it's all good. Um, he just, I mean, think he he went from playing in Providence to then joining uh, the World Junior Team. He he's been out of that system for a little bit. He might have just, you know, his focus might not have been on. Uh, you know, he, hell, I mean, he might just want to stick in Providence for this season and, and, and light it up there. But no, I, I, I wasn't worried at all. Um, he's fine. He'll he'll keep working. He'll keep developing. That that didn't worry me at all. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not worried at all. And honestly, I, I was thinking about it, too. And um, I mean, he's a Swede. And what is what are Swedish hockey players known for? Um, their skill. They're known for their defense. Okay. <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> some of the best two-way forwards in the NHL are, are, are Swedes. Some of the best defense in the NHL are Swedes. Victor Hedman, Swedish. Uh, Eric Carlson, Swedish. That that's just, it's a different hockey that they play out in Sweden. It's a different hockey that they teach their players. The ranks in the SHL, I think that's what the professional league in Sweden is called. It's larger than the NHL ice surface. It's all defense. It's defensive oriented. So part of me wonders if a guy like Fabian Lysel, who's been playing in the AHL, 
who's been playing in a different system, went back and played for his national team in Sweden, who's very defensive oriented. And maybe that's why he didn't perform the same. Maybe they were trying to get him to play more of a defensive aspect. Maybe they were just changing the game plan on him. It's probably very clearly a different game plan that he's used to in Providence because it's all about defense in Sweden. I was looking at his numbers earlier today. Um, his first year in Sweden, and and it wasn't in the SHL, it was in like this other Swedish hockey league. I believe he played uh, seven games and he had three points. His next year, he played 26 games and he had three points. It's it's just a different level of defense out there in Sweden. And that's just, it's just, it's just the hockey culture in Sweden. It's such a defensive oriented program that's how their players come up and like you can look through like the name like Klinberg in Dallas he's Swedish like the name of Swedish defensemen they're endless uh some of the best two-way forwards as I mentioned before Sweden and I and just part of me wonders if he went to go play for the Swedish national team and I mean they have a defensive game plan if it just a little bit out of his element he was just playing a way yeah. that he's not used to in, in Providence and maybe that's why you didn't see the point production because like point. Mark like Mark mentioned he came back to the AHL and I think he had what two points last night or he picked up a point or whatever the hell it was I, I mean he's like yeah. and and the good thing for the Bruins is that like guess what they, we don't play the Bruins don't play against the Canadian U18 team. They don't play against the the NCDC American. Like you play NHL teams, you play grown men and he's going out there against grown men every night in Providence and he's putting up almost a point per game. Yeah. So he's going to be fine. There's nothing to worry about. And for me honestly, that's that that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, "Well, he's Swedish, so I wonder if maybe his point production went down because they just changed the game plan on him or something because like historically last year, last year's World Junior Classic, I think he had 6 points in 7 games or something like that. But up until then, his history in Sweden and all the different Swedish leagues he's played and I think there was 3 years worth of Swedish hockey. He played something like 50 games and had maybe like 12 points to show for it. That's just how it is out there. Clearly, it yeah. doesn't. It, it didn't translate over here in the states because he's putting up crazy numbers in the NHL. But I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It, I, not worried was just a little strange to see. Yeah, zero points. But you know what? We saw a different side of Lysel that I didn't know he had. I didn't yeah. know he was edgy like that. I didn't know he was going to aggravate people like that. And listen, I don't want him getting like you know head hunting and. Yeah, he got a misconduct. I don't know if he got tossed as well for when he came in, in blindsided that guy and hit him with like his shoulder, his elbow right in the head. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I kind of like my players feisty and I like that. And I saw at one of the face-off dots, he was barking at some guy and slapping him in the back of the legs with his stick. And I was like, hell yeah. Like that's like, that's Bruins hockey. He can go out there. He can be screaming down the wing, but guess what? He's going to be barking at you the whole time and he's going to be getting under your skin. So he might not have gotten any points, but I still liked what I saw everything else. So our next voicemail is from Ethan. Ethan Moriarty, you can follow him on Twitter at EMoriartyWX. I have it memorized now because he sends in such great questions and voicemails that we're always playing one every week. So here is Ethan's question. What's up, boys? Ethan, I hope you're having a splendid day. i got a question for the pod today. This one might be a little tough, you know, might work up some emotions, but after the captaincy of Patrice Bergeron when he ultimately decides to retire at some point, hopefully not after this year, who do you think is the next captain of the Boston Bruins? Um, I think the answer is pretty obvious here, but I don't know. Maybe you got some sleeper picks. Thanks, boys. It's Trent Frederick. <laughs> Crazy! I was gonna say Thomas Noshek. No, I think you gotta. 
I think you got to go McAvoy, right? Cornerstone defenseman. Um, I think you have to. Yeah, been here for a while. I mean, look at the history of Bruins captains. Um, well, mostly defensemen. What if they went pasta? If they gave him a fat deal, eight years, 11 mil, and threw a C in his chest? What if that's what got it done? He, they had oh. to give him the C. Oh. That's that, Listen, that's what brought Chara to Boston. What if that's what gets... Slapping on there right now. Listen, I honestly, like, for some teams, I understand the importance of a captain, but I feel like for the Bruins, I feel like it doesn't matter who has the letter on their chest. Like, they're such a tight-knit group. I think everybody knows who the leader in that locker room is. I don't really think it matters. Although I will say, one thing that really pisses me off is why can't goalies be captains? <laughs> Why couldn't Tuka Rask have an A on his chest? Like there, like there are some teams around the league, like UC Saros oh in Nashville, God. put Wait. a C on his chest. Damn it! What if if Tuka already got so much hate in the city on Warren? Oh hate, no, I know. <laughs> imagine if he had like a letter on his jersey. People would, oh, some people, oh some people God. would just lose their absolute minds. Yeah, and guess what? They would out themselves as somebody who does not know hockey. Yeah, true. It's so true. that's on them. It's, yeah, but if you're if you if you just quickly, if you blame Tuca for any like shortcomings of this team, you're just you you've lost all credibility already. You know what? The the Bruins could have the best record in NHL history this year. They could go all the way to the Stanley Cup and lose, and people would still find a way to blame Tuka Rask. And he's not even on the team. <laughs> I thought you were that's, gonna say Allmark. I was like, they would. Like they, honestly, they would. Like that just kind of goes to show. And oh, I'm not even, I don't want to go into Tuka rant. Forget it. But I, I just, I feel like, I feel like goalies and I don't know, I, maybe they are allowed to be an A to C. I know I've never seen one I and haven't. I am almost certain that you can't have a goalie wear an A or a C because I know in NHL 23, I've tried it and it doesn't work. You can't put a letter in a goalie's chest, but there are put like Carrie, Carrie Price seriously could have worn a C for, Oh yeah. Um, the Canadians like Henrik Lundqvist could have had a C like there are a lot of goalies around the league who could have been the captain of their team. Even um, what's his name? Vasilevsky. He could have an A. I mean, he's not taking that C away from Stamkos, but I mean, there are plenty of goalies around the league who I feel like are deserving of having a letter on their chest. And if that's an NHL rule, I think that's Wait, dumb. Interesting. All right. Listen to this. Ready? Mm-hmm. Goaltenders goal who have served as NHL captains. The, the last Goalie captain came in 1947-1948. It was Montreal Canadiens Bill Dernan. But on September 30th, 2008, the Vancouver Canucks named Roberto Luongo to be the 12th captain in club history. As is the case today, the league rules did not allow this, and so Luongo did not perform any on-ice captaincies, any on-ice captaincy duties and did not wear the C on his sweater. Although he did have a C painted on his goalie mask, <laughs> which is hilarious. That which is, is so also funny. like literally their logo. Yeah. That's yeah. what, what captain duties do you have other than dropping this ceremonial puck? Did they yeah. just think it would make for a bad photo op if one of them was wearing goalie pads? I mean, I know, I know, uh, I know the captain's responsible for talking to the ref when, uh, you know, like if there's like, Oh, look, matching penalties, let's, let's go send each captain over to talk to the ref. Well, guess what? Luongo can skate. Yeah. He could go over there and talk to the ref as easy as Chara Wait. has all these years. Uh, can you that imagine no th- sense. this rule? They're sitting around like they're, they're like board meeting, whatever. And they're like, all right, what kind of issues should we talk about this year coming up in the NHL? They're like, some guy stands up. I hate when the guys with big pads wear the C on their jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sit right with me. And they're all like, hear, hear. And they smash yeah. their stupid little gavel. <laughs> they're it's, all like, yeah, I, I've been saying it for so long. I hate it's goalie all captains. of these anti-goalie 
it's all this anti-goalie propaganda and I'm sick of it somewhere along the, along the line, along the way, Jesus, I can't speak. I'm so flustered. (laughs) Some goalie must've went up and like egg the commissioner's house. And he went, you know what? I'm taking my little pen and I'm, I'm crossing this off. You're not going to be a captain anymore. And it's impacted generations of goalies ever since. You know who it was that egged the commissioner's house? Who? It was goddamn Bill Dernan, the last ever jewelry <laughs> captain. He ruined it for everybody else. <laughs> goddamn slick Bill over here egging the NHL commissioner's house. Ruined it for everybody. Slick, <laughs> slick Bill. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, hey, well, that is stupid, though. Um, let's, 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 uh, let's end this podcast with a little three-game prediction here. Wait, no, hang on. I'm so oh. glad I remembered. Before we do that, uh, I think we owe everybody an updated standings from our fantasy hockey league. True, true. Uh, all right, I got first I got place. my first win. First place, who's against? Lauren. <laughs> Come on, Lauren. First place <laughs> is Shaves Wagon, who was eleven and two. The Hamilton Mustangs are ten and three. Krejci's Bruin is nine and four. Me, baby, Mel's crew, eight and five. Uh, I'm tied boy. with Evangelator. Luchich and Chong is six and seven. That's amazing. <laughs> Darla's dogs. Lauren is five, seven and one. Matt's super team is three, nine and one. Bork fried rice is three and 10. I feel like we're missing a name here. Who is, oh, it? is, it, is it me? Sully squad <laughs> just picked up their first win. They go to one and 12. Uh, let's see points for the, the, the least amount of points scored is Bork Fried Rice with 6,200. No, is Matt's super team with 6,183. Just kidding. It's your team. Your team <laughs> is 5,763. You have almost, you have, you have, oh my God, you have 3,000 less points than the team with the highest. <laughs> hell, uh, hell yeah. Call me the Anaheim Ducks of our fantasy league. <laughs> oh, my Ducks have a, so many on the cover of NHL on their team. Uh, hey, what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? <laughs> Tank for Bedard. Um, But hey, uh, oh yeah, that's what I was going to do. We'll do a quick little uh, three-game prediction here. Um, Let's, I mean, screw it. This game's only in the first period. It's one nothing cracking. But um, tonight, prediction on this game. 3-1 Bruins. 3-1 Bs. All right, I'm going to say 3-2 loss in overtime. Get out. All right, next, next game, Toronto. At home, I'm gonna say. Yep. I'm gonna say four, four, three Bruins. I'm gonna say four two Bruins. I was gonna say four two. <laughs> All right, and then finally the Flyers at home. The uh, team that has has most recently, as of today, banned iPads on the bench. John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard about that. A team that also started 4-0 and then lost like 11 of their next 13. A team I'm that just, also benched their leading point scorer in Kevin Hayes. A team that also sent Zach Ronaldo to the Bruins for a third round pick. I think that the Bruins are going to win. F- honestly, I'm going to say 4 nothing. I'm going to say 6-1 win. Oh, an absolute thumping of John Tortorella's iPadless team. Oh, my God. That team would explode if I mean, only they had they, iPads to watch dude, film. What, what were they doing that was so bad where they had a ban out? Were they like playing Angry Birds? In, I was going to say Angry Birds. No, <laughs> even, you know what? Even worse, they were watching the Angry Birds movie. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, then I support the ban. All right. Well, hey, anyways, on that note, um, 
as always thank you guys so much for listening to the show um as always, brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. Please continue to send us DMs. Mel, if you want to read off the uh, the voicemail line for the people so that they can continue calling. It is 508-263-0854. Call anytime. Rain, shine, snow, sleet, hot, cold, cold enough for a jacket, Warm enough for a long sleeve. Doesn't matter. Give us a call. Leave a voicemail. Can be hockey related. Can be life related. I'm not a therapist. Sully's not a psychologist, but we can do our best to answer questions. So Hell give yeah. us a ring. We'll answer it on next week's episode. Yeah. Let us uh, know your thoughts. But anyways, yeah. Continue to send us voicemails. Continue to send us DMs. Um, Bruins are 32, 4, and 4. They're great. We're playing great hockey. It's a great time to be a Boston Bruins fan. You can Hell follow yeah. me on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson. And you can follow our podcast. Underscore. Twitter, uh, Nick Melanson underscore. You can follow our <laughs> podcast Twitter account at Bruin something. No G at the end. Give us a follow. Why not? It's fun. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but anyways, this was episode 24 of the Something is Bruin podcast. And we will see you all next week. Bye. All right. Um, Your what did we? What did we? What did we? What? 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 What?